0: There was a time well over a decade ago, long time ago, uh, when, because my family and I, uh, for those who are new to our church and don't know a bit about our journey, we actually lived in the United States for 14 years before coming back here to Toronto uh, to plant Serve City. And it's incredible all that God has done in just these past five years, but uh, it most definitely was a journey over there as well. And, you know, many of us see, many of you see us and how Resolved, we are, and how resolute we are, and you know to believe God, especially in difficult times. And this is because uh, we're not up here preaching and telling you to do stuff uh, that we don't do, and or encouraging you to make movements or follow God in difficult times that we have not experienced. And so there was a time, man, when we, you know, God blessed us; uh, He blessed us with a home in the states. We were young homeowners. Um, you know, we were uh, we got our home, I believe, we were 24 years old when we purchased our fo- first home. And it was a miracle story. My wife and I were actually just reminiscing about it uh, this weekend and talking about how God provided for us in that regard. And, you know, we were young in ministry. Uh, I've been planting churches. This is actually my third church plant Um you know and this is so this is something that is a calling it's not something that's a fad it's not something we just started been doing this for 18 years this year and god is continuing to bless and do mighty things but when we got started man it was very very difficult and there were some times where we had challenge and our resources uh we had more month than money anybody ever been there you know and it was like it was nuts man we were paycheck in to paycheck in trying to figure out and god was faithful during those times and i'm grateful for all of this but there came a time where um our house our house uh that we that god blessed us with and it's crazy when you have these miracle stories and testimonies and then it seems like the thing that you've been praying for the thing that god did a miracle to put in your hands it starts getting threatened anybody other than me ever been in that position before i mean where it seems like god has blessed you with something and then it looks like man this thing is going to this thing is going to go away and it's you know and oftentimes this is what transpires doing during the journey of a christian and sometimes we think that this is god mad at us or that this is you know because we didn't have enough faith you know and we build bad theology around suffering <laughs> a good christian and i'll say this knows how to suffer well A good Christian knows that even as the Bible says that when you are insulted, then you are blessed. A good Christian, a Christian that truly understands what it means to follow Jesus is like in Acts chapter 5. When after they were beaten, Bible says that they left rejoicing because, because they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ oh man that don't sound good right that doesn't sound like i mean when you're thinking about hashtag blessed right and this culture that teaches us that uh that stuff and things is always indicative of the blessing of god and so consequently we miss powerful growth opportunities come on somebody because we run away from suffering we go towards the path of least resistance When God oftentimes is trying to grow us and do some uh, mighty things in our lives during those times. So, uh, that was a time where it came up and our house got into foreclosure. And we were getting ready. It was to the place where they're like, if you don't pay this money at this time, you are going to lose this house. And we're like, man, no. Are you serious, God? This is nuts. You gave us this house. It was a miracle. We're serving you. What on earth are we supposed to do in this moment? And God put some things in our heart. Do you think we asked anybody for help? Nope. If you'll be real with me, a lot of us, you know, Bible encourages us to ask for help when we need help. Fact is, we had family that if we said boo to They would have turned around. They would have helped us out. They would have. We had church family and people that were around that at the time, if we said we needed help, they would have turned around and they would have helped us. But in that moment, because of what I saw in many regards in growing up and because of what culture glorifies that you just need to work harder, you just need to do what you do. I didn't ask for help and we didn't ask for help and we ended up losing that miracle. Okay. Is it okay for pastors to be honest? so now you see us shouting about the house we have now and God provided and all of that. And we give him glory. But it has not been always the way that it is now. But the, and the fact of the matter is that that did not have to be our story either. Oh, someone sees where I'm going. If we had of in that moment humbled ourselves. And asked and, and phoned a friend. <laughs> instead of acting like we knew all the answers. We probably still would have owned that house, probably making residual income off of it all now while living in Canada. And thank God, I'm so grateful that God is a God who will teach you lessons and he blessed our socks off, watch this, to the place where even though we lost that home, that it did not negatively reflect on our credit and we were able to come up from under that and still prosper in the end. But God taught us a valuable lesson in that moment that the answer to our problem in that moment would have been if we humbled ourselves. And some of you wonder, like, Pastor, why you're being really transparent? Why are you telling us about this issue? Because, see, I realize that, that uh, a lot of times folk aren't looking for someone who's perfect. Listen, I, I can't learn from someone who just did everything right every time. I want to be able to identify with people who went through some stuff, jacked up and were able to come on on the other side. And so I just want to speak to someone today. I don't know. This came like a SOS. And I mean, this has been stirred in my spirit all week. I don't know. It might be that house for you. It might not be the house. Come on, somebody. It might be that marriage relationship. And now it's time you've been praying. You need Jesus and therapy. Oh, can I just talk to somebody today? The fact the matter is it might be i don't know what it is you might be up in here with your belly rumbling and you don't have anything to eat and you have pride has stopped you from going to the food bank or opening up your mouth and telling someone who has the capacity to help you that you are in an area of difficulty there's someone here you're saying man i maybe i just need to read another self-help book no you need to go and talk to someone oftentimes we are missing what it is that god has for us because we will not humble ourselves and today i showed up to tell you that unless we move pride over we're not going to get what it is that god has for us come on somebody and so the fact of the matter is today this is why when the scripture declares in first peter chapter five verse six he says humble yourself somebody say humble yourself humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of god how many of you know that you this is why we worship him because he is holy come on somebody because he is the most holy God because he is a mighty God he is a God that is capable of taking any situation and turning it around for our good come on even when you mess up or if you're in a situation because see some of us only think that God is willing to help us when we're doing stuff right but how many of you know that God is a way maker and a miracle worker even when you make mistakes we humble ourselves under his mighty hand because he is capable of being able to take every situation and turn it around for our good so at the proper time he may exalt you and many of us we think of this as if i humble myself in a a lowly position then god is going to make me a millionaire and this is not the heart of the passage especially in the book of Peter that deals a lot with suffering and things of all of things of this nature. It's a really great guide and a manual around how we should suffer and how we can suffer well and the perspective we should have as Christians as it pertains to suffering. but he but he's challenging he's saying exaltation is God bringing you in some cases it's God bringing you up out of the muck and the mess and the mire in a miraculous and a mighty way because you humbled yourself under his mighty hand are y'all with me and so with this in mind i want to jump into this passage there's a powerful story second kings what book did i say I want to go to second kings uh and i want to go to second kings chapter 4 verse 1 through 7, I just want to preach out of this passage and and share some nuggets that I believe will be impactful to you uh, because many of us can resonate, you know, with what it is that this lady experiences here, you know, and it might not be the specific situation, but a situation that seems similar or that's structured in a similar manner. 2nd Kings chapter 4, I'm going to jump right in for the sake of time. The Bible says, now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets Cried to Elisha. Somebody say Elisha. Elisha is a prophet, and you know, and he had sons. In other words, sometimes you hear people referring to them as uh, referring to people in the gospel or or ministers in the gospel as their father in the ministry, or they are a son, a spiritual son of such and such. And this is that concept where uh, you know the sons of the prophets, in our terms or in layman's terms, were mentees. Of the prophet Elijah. are you with me? Elisha in this passage and and this the, the Bible says the wife says, your servant, my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And so here we find this woman she is the wife of a mentee of Elisha who has died. She didn't plan for him to die. This was not something that she was looking forward to. Not only does he die, but he leaves her with two sons. And this is a heinous and a horrible situation that landed upon her that has overtaken her. Anybody other than me ever been in a situation that just came upon you? I mean you weren't planning for it you weren't looking for that loss of your job or of that loved one you weren't looking for the situation to shift in your life the way that it did you weren't looking and planning for the diagnosis that you got you weren't looking and planning for that wife or that husband to walk out on you or that person to break off the engagement I don't know what it is that you are up against or facing that has overtaken you but oftentimes, this is the way that stuff will pop up in our lives and i love i got some good news from scripture come on this is one to write down i i I treasure this one first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 that's first corinthians 10 verse 13 the bible says watch this there is no temptation or test that has overtaken you that is not common to man here it is but god is faithful somebody say god is faithful i'm getting this i says he won't suffer you to be tempted above what you are able and with the temptation here it is will make a way of escape for you to bear it not for you to just get out of it, but for you to be able to bear it. Come on, somebody. And I don't know what snuck upon you. Uh, the devil might have thrown you a surprise party, but how many of you know that it don't surprise your God? And if in the middle... I came to preach to somebody today. If in the middle of this surprise party, you and I would humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Who knows that in due time, if we hang in there, he will exalt us Amen. humble ourselves and this is nuts because note what takes place uh, the bible says the creditors came to take their two children to be his slaves well the law of moses uh, like the athenian and the roman law as commentators note recognized servitude for debt and allowed that pledging the pledging of the debtor's person so if you owed someone back in the day, they could come and take your children as a pledge to pay off a debt until it was completely paid. And so this is what's taking place. Imagine this mother, just the story with me. Imagine this mother, she is there and she just lost her husband. This thing has overtaken her and now the boy them are coming to tee her sons to pay off this debt. Are y'all with me? Just, just, just think about this. I mean, and she's in this moment and the Bible says, here's the man of God, Elisha. And I love this because the Bible says, and Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? I love it. He, he starts by asking her to identify not what she's getting ready to lose, but what she still has left. Oh, who am I talking to? There's somebody in this place. What has overtaken you in this season has made you feel, come on, because of such of this mammoth loss, the loss of her husband in this moment could have made her feel like she had nothing of value. The fact, that they're getting ready to come and take her two sons away. What else do I have left? What do you mean? What do you have in your house? My husband's gone two sons they're about to take them away what do you mean what i have left and she said your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil ah yeah 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 and what she didn't realize is that Even though all she had was just a little oil that that was enough for God and his servant in that case to be able to do a miracle. I don't know who I showed up to preach to in the house and watching online. Come on somebody instead of lamenting and tripping and thinking that it's over because of what you lost. What do you have left in your house? want to take that thing and say god this all i have left but i put it in your hand because you are capable come on somebody of taking what i have left and create if you could create the world ex nihilo come on somebody which means out of nothing you surely if you could create a human being out of the dust of the ground you are more than able to take what i have left and do something miraculous with it who am i preaching to on today that knows that god is not a, can take what you have left and do a miracle what do you have in your house that's what i'm asking to you what do you have in your house i know what you've lost but what do you have left some of y'all like man i don't have anything but you have your mind how many of you know that that's an incredible commodity? Come on, somebody. Someone's like, I lost everything. I don't have no money. I but you have your mind. Come on, somebody. And that mind that is stayed on him has the capability. He can give you an idea and a thought. Come on, somebody. To be able to put some stuff in motion. To think yourself and build some stuff that has never been seen before. To position you to get up out of that thing that you're in. Are y'all with me on this morning? Let me get to this text. Look. And so tell me what you have in your house. And she said, watch this. Your servant has nothing except a jar of oil. Verse 3. Then he said, this is what he says. Go outside. Borrow vessels (laughs) from all your neighbors. Empty vessels and not too few. (laughs) Hold up. So, look. You ask me what I have in the house, fam. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of times we just skirt past this and just go to the next part and go to the miracle. But imagine this: lost the husband, sons are being taken away. Now you ask, what do I have? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, God is highlighting. And I just, I just hear this in the spirit. A lot of times, God is highlighting stuff in your life, and you think you're like, God, are you trying to humiliate me? Mm-hmm. You got people watching this that are telling you about what you have left and making fun of it and you think that God is trying to humiliate you when in regard in many regards God's trying to identify the thing or the people that he's going to use to do the miracle in your life oh can I just speak prophetically today yeah. let Him point it out because God watch God take that same thing they've been making fun of and they've been ridiculing you about and do something miraculous through it yeah. Yeah. but look identifies it and then the next thing he tells her is to go and borrow. What do you mean go and borrow? You want me to go and borrow? Now I, I mean, people already know my situation. People probably already telling me that I'm cursed. Come on, somebody. People probably telling me, oh, you must have sinned. You know how they do in scripture? If you look at John chapter 9, the guy born blind, who sinned, his parents? Or did he do something bad? You know, that must be the reason why. So they already think you're cursed. They probably already think something's off and you're a mess. And now you're telling me to go and ask my neighbors if y'all grew up like me this is why and this is the thing if you grew up like me i'm taught i was taught you don't borrow some from nobody come on somebody in fact my uncle used to always tell me if you borrow one you're gonna bite two one for them and one for you but the fact of the matter is and so there's this challenge of not borrowing but this was borrowing that was strategic it was borrowing, watch this, that was in line with the word of God. How many of you know that you can strategically borrow? Because there are things that appreciate in value that you borrow in order to receive. Okay, oh, can I just talk about it today? Borrowing to purchase a house is not the same thing as borrowing to buy some red-bottom shoes. And we've got to change our perspective as it pertains to economy. Come on, somebody. We've got to change our perspective as it pertains to what it is oftentimes that the Lord is telling us to do. Because he tells her in this moment, yeah, you got your oil, but you still got to humble yourself. And now you've got to go outside of yourself and borrow some vessels from your neighbors. Why do you need this vessel for? Why, Why do you want me to get you don't have any jars in your house? oh come on somebody you know people they got all sorts of questions what do you need them for you're going to do what with them you're going to take them to the house and you're going to you know you, oh, okay sure you know that you still believe in that god stuff oh can i just talk to our culture today you know i mean every religion is relative and as long as there's a believer in it then we can just all do this and you know what i mean and you just need to go and burn some sage okay i mean everything can i just talk about it on today she says no i know which god i am believing in come on somebody and this god through his servant because prophets and men and women of god of that time it was as if god was there among them and they they she was listening to what he said and says to go and borrow the vessels from the neighbors and she goes out the bible says she went in and then he said go in your house shut the door behind you and pour into all the vessels when and when one is full, set it aside. Verse 5: So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons, and as she poured, they brought the vessels to I could just see her with this vessel. She just picks up the first one and her little oil. That in many regards people are like, Why are you are you serious? This little oil that you have left. I could see her with that little jar of oil. And now this little jar of oil that she has she begins to pour into the one vessel can you imagine what that was like this little thing that she had that people thought it was over she everything was being taken away and one by one the oil the bible says doesn't stop didn't stop flowing until she ran out of jars oh my Uh, i I just want to encourage somebody today uh, that you that it's oftentimes our pride it's oftentimes our pride that is hindering us from experiencing the miraculous uh, the the miraculous power of god in our lives the bible declares in galatians chapter 6 that we are to bear one another's burdens verse 2 of galatians chapter 6 and so fulfill the law of christ sometimes god allows you to get in difficult situations so that he can demonstrate his strength through your brothers and sisters in christ a healthy body feels pain come on even though i'm even though my hand is not the foot my entire body feels pain if my foot is hurting and sometimes god is positioning you he's going to do the miracle with what you have left but he is calling you to humble yourself and make your situation known and someone else has some capacity that they can give you that can position you even in the miraculous god does miracles oftentimes with participation Oh, who am I talking to today? And many of you, the reason why you're not experiencing the miraculous of God is because you will not humble yourself. Here are some scriptures for you to write down that are important for you. James chapter 4 verse 6. I just want to, I feel deliverance in the room. He says, Bible says, but he gives more grace. James 4 verse 6. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Bible says in Proverbs eleven verse two. Proverbs eleven verse two. Write this down. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But the humble, or with the humble, is wisdom. Why? She, if she sat there and she said, Nah, man, I'm good with this oil stuff, but I don't want to go and leave and do. No, it required not just the oil she had, but her humbling herself and going to get the vessels. There are many of you that are doing part one, but you need to do part two. Oh, can I just talk to somebody today? Not only this, Bible says in Proverbs 16:18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Can I tell you, listen, the destiny? Here it is. The destiny of her two sons was cha- attached to her obedience. Bible says that the oil didn't stop pouring until all the jars were filled. And watch if you read the rest of the passage, the text says that she's able to pay off all of the creditors and then use the rest to live on. And so the sons who were intended to go and be slaves no longer had to be slaves because of her humbling herself and being obedient to the word of the Lord. So I don't know who I'm talking to today. The fact of the matter is that scripture is clear that when we follow many of you, people will look at you and say, why are you doing X, Y, and Z throughout the pandemic that you were giving many of you into the kingdom of God? And people looking and they're like, and they're like, and they're like, why would you do this? Don't you see the time that you're in? The fact of the matter is, you know something that they don't know you know that your God is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him you know that your God opposes the opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble and I love this I just love this passage and how he does what he does and he goes out and notice this I'm gonna say this last part when he goes out he tells her he doesn't say go and get 10 vessels he says go out and get Many vessels, not a few. It's almost as if he leaves in her hand the level of humility that she is going to exemplify. She could have gone out and said, Oh, are you hearing me? I'm only going to go and get one vessel. Mm -hmm. She could have said, Okay, after I went for three, that's it. Mm -hmm. And then she would have just got three vessels worth of blessing. the book of second kings i'm gonna read this and i'm done second kings chapter 13 what book did i say second kings chapter 13 13. and we're in second kings already look at this passage bible says speaking of elisha again so now this is elisha at the end of his life bible says now when elisha had fallen sick with the illness of which he was to die joash somebody say joash king of israel went down to him and wept before him crying my father my father the chariots of israel and the horsemen and elisha said to him watch this here we go take a bow and arrows so he took a bow and arrows again following the instruction then he said to the king of israel draw the bow and he drew it see the picture and Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands, here it is, and he said open the window eastward, and he opened it, and Elisha said shoot, and he shot, notice he's following the instructions up to this point, following the instructions, here it is, and then Bible says, and he said the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory is over Syria, for you shall fight the Syrians in affect until you have made an end of them and verse 18 and he said take the arrows and he took them here it is and he said to the king of israel strike the ground with them somebody say strike the ground and he struck three times one two three and then stopped then the man of god was angry with him And said you should have struck five or six times then you would have struck down Syria until you had made an end of it but now you will strike down Syria only three times the man of God did not tell him only to strike three times he told him to strike it was up to him The level of victory that he was going to experience based on the times that he struck. It was up to the woman how much oil she was going to get based on the level of humility that she exemplified. Are y'all catching this? In going out. And so today I tell you, how humble will you be? I'm not talking about this fake humility where you're walking around, nobody knows the trouble lies. You just act in the part. I'm not talking about that fake humility, but how much? What is waiting? Do you have sons and daughters? Are there generations that are going to be infected because of your selfishness and your pride? Are there generations that are going to enter into bondage a little bit longer than they should have because you and I won't humble ourselves? And so I invite you in this moment to move pride over. That's the point for today. Move pride out the way. For you and I, if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God in due season, he will exalt us and he will bring us out. If that message was a blessing to you, I encourage you to go ahead and give the Lord some praise in this moment. what is waiting on the other side of your humility asking for help glory to God listen I'm excited most importantly as we bring this plane down for a landing to call you to ask for the greatest help that you need that help is to be rescued from sin even as the Bible makes it clear that over 2,000 years ago that God came down to earth in the person of Jesus Christ and someone's saying why would he do that why did he do that well thousands of years before that we messed up mankind disobeyed God and the Bible makes it clear that sin and death which is the wages of sin passed down to all mankind and God was in this horrible we were in this horrible situation and God says instead of leaving them stranded I'm going to come down And I'm going to live perfectly on their behalf. I'm going to repair the breach between God and man by dying for their sins. Anybody glad about it? Rising from death with all power and then extending to them this opportunity to have relationship with me, with God. Through trust and faith in me. And so the Bible makes it clear. It's why all religions are not relative to us. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one's coming to God the Father but by me. And so he calls you to him today and I call you to Jesus. Someone's saying, how do I be relate- begin this relationship with God? The Bible sums it up in three things. It says, number one, that you need to repent. Somebody say, repent. Which means to Acknowledge that you are a sinner and that you have been serving yourself and sin and to turn to change your mind and to turn from serving sin and satan and self saying god i need your help and so he says then not only repentance but faith somebody say faith you got to believe you got to put your trust now and your faith in jesus giving him your life saying god I receive what you did for me on the cross, on my behalf, dying for me, rising for me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. I want you to be the Lord. I want you to be the Savior of my life. And then lastly, the Bible says, be baptized. Somebody say, be baptized. So on the last Sunday of this month, we have a baptism on the 27th. And there are some who are going to be going down in the water. We have a pool that we usually have here. And when you are baptized and we dip you in the water you are identifying you are joining and being united with the death of christ all of your sins are left in the water and when we bring you up you're being united with the resurrection of christ and so online and in the house it's an incredible celebration that we have here and if you have not yet been baptized you might even have prayed a prayer and lifted a hand and all that but you've never been to the water in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit we invite you to repent and believe and be baptized and somebody you might be like yo pastor i went i did all that and i meant it but i went away from christ and i want to come home i want to invite you to come back home you say do i got to get re-baptized no not if you meant it and you were baptized in the name of the father son and the holy spirit no you don't have to be re-baptized you can repent and come back home and there's room at the table for you fill out the connection card and let us know about your decision so that we can connect with you. Glory to God.